Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. Today, we have a bonus episode. I have a treat for you guys. Today, I'm hosting a book club. I'm combining two of my biggest passions, this podcast and my love for reading. And I have invited three of my friends to join me in discussing the book Atomic Habits. You have heard me talk about this book before in previous episodes. You know I'm very, very keen on habits and this book is the book to read if you are looking to develop empowering habits. This book will give you all the tools that you need to be able to build those habits, to build discipline and consistency in your life. So let's dig in. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves, those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. If you have not yet read Atomic Habits by James Clear, you have to read this book. I really, 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 really recommend it. It's one of the best personal development and personal growth books that I've ever read. And if you're interested to find the book, I will put the link in the comments of this podcast. I'm going to start by sharing with you one of my key takeaways of the book and how I have applied it to my life. And then I'm going to ask the same question to three of my friends. What is their key takeaway and that they can share with you also an example on how they've been able to implement that in their lives to build empowering habits. For me in the book, uh, James talks about the 1% rule. Basically, this is a, the law of the 1% is the idea of improving by 1% every day. At the beginning, you basically don't see a big difference to say, okay, today I'm going to be 1% better than yesterday um, by making this choice or that choice. And I'll share some examples. And that 1%, um, whether you're improving or getting worse, is really imperceptible. But as time goes on, the small improvements or declines, they compound and all of a sudden, you find a very big gap between the person that you were before and the person that you are now as a result of these improvements. And I'm going to talk only about the positive side, but keep in mind that this 1% rule also applies, as I said, for getting worse, right? Deteriorating. Um, I'm going to omit that part just for now because I want to focus on the positive side of this 1% rule. The fact is that habits create a compound interest in self-improvement. When you develop empowering habits, those habits have a compound interest on self-improvement. Um, if you can just get 
1% better at something every day, by the end of the year, you're basically half improved by 37%. You're 37 times better than you were one year before. So getting the 1% better can be as simple as reading one page of a book every day or getting to the gym and do five minutes of workouts. Um, he In the book, I have to say this 1% rule goes really well with another concept that he shares in the book around uh, this two-minute rule that says that you can do anything for two minutes. And sometimes, many times, the biggest challenge is to get started. How many times you said to yourself, I'm going to start working out. But taking that first step to wake up early, put your tennis shoes and actually get and work out is the hardest part of it. How many times once you are already in the middle of the workout, you feel amazing and you keep going. So this idea of the two-minute rule is that anyone can do anything for two minutes. So personally, I have combined these two concepts, the one percent and the two-minute rule um, to really focus on my personal growth and, um, and my health. I decided that those were two areas in my life where I really wanted to develop empowering habits. So those of you who know me, you know that personal growth is a priority for me. I enjoy learning new things. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to grow. My health also has been one of my key priorities in, in, in the last years. And when I talk about health, I'm not talking about the way I look, because a lot of people see those as synonym. But for me, my health is how I feel. Um, for me, it's a priority that I feel energized, that I have energy to go by my day, that I feel fit, that I feel agile, that I, you know, I have the energy to enjoy time with my kids and do all the things that I want to do in life. So keeping those priorities in mind, let me show you or let me tell you what I did and how did I apply these concepts from the book. The first thing that I did is that I visualized my future self. I visualized myself being successful in the space of personal growth and being the best, healthiest version of myself. And I asked myself, what would my future self do if it was in my position today? What advice would my future self give me today? How would a day in the life of my future self look like? And I describe my future self as someone who is curious, who is consistent, who is determined and open-minded, is a reader, is a learner. She's resilient, is a good listener, is not afraid of failure, is always full of energy and feels at her best. She's flexible and strong and feels in control of her life. Once I describe my future self, as I said, I ask the question, how would a day in my life look like if I was that best version of myself? And some things that came up as I was trying to answer that question where that future self um, spends 60 minutes a day learning. 
She has a consistent morning and evening routine. She journals. She practices gratitude and self-reflection on a daily basis. She's open to new perspectives and new points of view.、Um, that healthiest version of myself. She wakes up early to get her workout done. She looks forward to move her body. She eats to fuel her body. She drinks lots of water and sleeps well, and is consistent with routine and never gives up. So. My goal was to become that burst version of myself. My goal wasn't anymore to spend X amount of minutes in personal growth as it was in the past, or work out three, four, five times per week. My goal now is to become that best version of myself, that future self that I saw on my vision. That is my motivation every. Day to act in the way that she would, and I broke down that in habits and rituals that I can do every day. That if I get just one percent better every day, eventually I'm gonna become that burst version of myself. I know that I cannot do this overnight, but. I can do one percent better than I did yesterday. I can do it for two minutes, and if I do that every day consistently, eventually I'm gonna become that verse version of myself. So this exercise, this visualization, this questions—I did this two years ago, and today I can say that I am very close to be that future version of myself that I saw. Two years ago, because now these habits, these things, are part of my daily life. So, how does being one percent better than yesterday look like? Let me give you some examples of things or situations where I have consistently applied this law of the one percent rule. For example, when I'm ready to give up on. Those reps when I'm working out, I go for an extra repetition, or I go for two more minutes of my workout. You know that moment where you just want to give up because it's so hard. I go on for two more minutes. Um, my water. You know, I got into this mindset that I set a goal for myself to drink X amount of ounces of water. And once I hit that goal, I stop drinking. Why continue drinking? I already hit my daily goal. Now my mindset is: when I hit my daily goal, I go for an extra glass of water. When the alarm goes off in the morning and I want to hit snooze, I don't because if you snooze, you lose. That's my mindset. When I see that online training and it feels like, oh my god, I don't have time for this. I really want to do it, but I don't have time for it. I just go and sign up for it, and I figure out later how I'm gonna make it work. And I just make it work. I figure it out. Every month I set goals and I increase the that bar just an inch every month. I make it a little bit more challenging every month. When、um, in the past I would set a goal to read for thirty minutes or read two pages of a book every day before going to bed. Now, once I'm done with that, I go for an extra page. I go for extra two minutes.、Um, I block time, 
15 minutes to be exact every day to write. I share with you guys in the past that I want to be a writer. I want to publish a book. That is one of my 10-year goals. And I know that the only way that I can really become good at writing is writing. So every day as part of my morning routine, I block 15 minutes and I write. Regardless of the quality of what I write, whether I like it or not, whether I use it or not, I write for 15 minutes. I don't stop until the 15 minutes are over. Sometimes the actual writing time is just five minutes, but I'm sitting there in front of that blank piece of paper for 15 minutes. And until the 15 minutes are over, I cannot stand up. And I don't turn my phone during those 15 minutes. They're just my writing time. And those might be the only 15 minutes in the day, but I do it every single day. So that's how being 1% better than yesterday looks for me. But I want you to think how that will look like for you. How would that future version of yourself, that best version of yourself look like? What would she or he do? What habits he or she is doing consistently that helps him or her become so successful, that version that you aim to become in the future. So I really encourage you to do this exercise for yourself. And again, really encourage you to read the book because all these, as my brother likes to say, golden nuggets of information, all these tips, all these strategies are in the book. The truth is I can keep going and going, talking about this book and all as my brother would say, golden nuggets of information, all the strategies that are containing this book. But I want you to listen also from my friends that are joining me today so they can share with you their key takeaways and the ways that they've been able to implement them in their lives. So today I'm going to have my brother back. Um, You probably have heard the episode where we were talking about tips from working from home in the middle of the COVID-19 quarantine. And I have two friends from work, Jeff and Sandia. They both work in human resources and organizational development, change management space. We hosted a book club at work on this book, on this particular book, Atomic Habits, and I was really impressed by their key takeaways, but mostly how they've been able to implement that in their lives. So I wanted to invite them to come over to the podcast and share them with you as well. So I'm going to start with Jeff. Then um, I will ask the question to my brother, Alejandro, and then we'll end up with Sandia so we can go around and go over some of the golden nuggets of information, all those key strategies in this amazing book. Hi, Jeff. Thank you very much for being here today in this podcast episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited because I've heard you talking about your key takeaways of the book and your examples. And I was pretty amazed with what you came up with and how you were able to implement some of the concepts on the book. So maybe you can share with everyone, what was your key takeaway from the book and an example where you were successful in applying that concept 
in your daily routines? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Atomic Habits was a game changer for me when it comes to like habit formation and just thinking about how I create my behaviors, create my environment around me uh, to drive certain behaviors. And um, I mean, I've, I've read books like The Power of Habits and other habit type books, but this one by far uh, was the most practical uh, and I, I got the most out of it. And, and the biggest thing that I got out of it, so if you dive in at all to the psychology of, of, of habits, you find there's this cue where you have, or this, this, uh, this loop where you have a cue, you have a routine, then you have a reward. And most habits, we, we figured, fall into that in some way. But what I took away from the atomic habits was there is something just outside of that, of that loop that we don't talk about very much. Uh, and that is, is thinking about your identity as it is wrapped up in these habits. So one thing the book talked about that, that really struck me was if you're going to say I'm going to adopt X habit, it's never just as simple as I'm just going to change that behavior. That behavior is wrapped up in some sort of identity that you've either had since you were a kid or you developed recently. And it's, there's just so much. It's just not in a vacuum. And there's so much that goes into that. So. That was one thing that I, I took away immediately as I started thinking about, about transferring certain behaviors and, and developing certain, certain habits. And it worked out that around that time was when I was actually starting to learn programming, specifically uh, the Python language. And that is, uh, there's a lot to learn there. It's, it's totally different. I didn't study it in school. It's totally different from what I've really done with my, with my time and my career and everything else that I've been doing. Um, so it was definitely going to require a lot of different behavior changes and a lot of different habits. And the first thing I started off with was what are some identities that I currently have that could inhibit me adopting habits and then therefore having the behaviors to then learn programming. And some of the ones that were interesting that popped up immediately was I'm a person that's not good at math. I'm a person that is not very good at coming up with logic or, you know, going through you know, I'm not very detail oriented. I can't go through lines of code to figure out how to solve a, a problem or, or, you know, debug an application. There were all these things that I just held in my head from, I don't know where they came from, but I knew that if I didn't address those first, there's no chance I was going to ever um, be able to come up with or, or change my behavior and, and then learn uh, programming. So what I, I, I actually, I journal a lot. So what I wrote down was any of those identities I thought I would have. Uh, surrounding programming and then when I would write my goals out for the week or for the month or whatever they were centered around those habits so like let's take the first one for instance was was math like I'm not good at math um, I, I I took a like my, my first week of programming uh, I took that and said this week like I'm going to be the person that is good at math I'm going to talk about math a lot I'm going to to follow some math pages on Instagram and Facebook I'm going to find a YouTube channel that talks about math um, and all those little habits, which goes back to the atomic habits thing, all those little things that I did throughout that week and then continuing totally changed one, how I saw myself. So my identity wrapped up in that math identity and also how other people saw me in that. So and it's, it's really interesting too, because once you get going and all of a sudden you start talking about math, let's just say to like to my wife or to my friends or whatever, then all of a sudden they start asking more questions or they see, like, they see me as the expert on this. And then they, next time they have a question, they come and ask me. So it's this self-fulfilling cycle where 
you start these small little habits that address identities that might be holding you back. And all of a sudden you can recreate those at the snap of a finger by doing those small habits, by changing those small behaviors. Um, so that was a really, really big one that I've taken from just learning that, like becoming more of a quote unquote math person all the way from, I can develop an application in a week. I thought that was impossible. I'm not that kind of person. I, I thought for the longest time, I'm not detail oriented. It's amazing to me now when I look at a program, how quickly I can pick up a comma that's not in the right place. Like it's, it's just totally backwards from what I believed I, I could do or the kind of person I was. And simply just being aware of those identities and then using those small little changes. I think in the book, he calls it like a two minute habit. Um, so it's not, I'm going to become a programmer. It's I'm going to spend two minutes opening up my program, my text editor today to write two lines of code. Like that's all it needs to be. And inevitably you're going to just do more than that. But to get started, if you can just break it down into those small two minute type habits, small little things, uh, it will only speed up the process at which you change those identities and then therefore much easier to change your behavior and change your habits. That is amazing, Jeff, how you taught yourself to become a programmer. Wow. Really blows my mind how you've been able to, by using what is containing atomic habits to develop a skill such as programming. It just, as I said, blows my mind. So thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I hope I can have you over again for another episode. Hi, Alejandro. Welcome back to the podcast. I can't believe that we were just talking about tips for working from home two weeks ago. And here we are now talking about one of our favorite books, Atomic Habits. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Jeff, and that is, what was your key takeaway from the book? And maybe you can share an example on how you've been able to apply it in your daily life. Hi, Carolina. Thank you very much for having me again in your podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to be here so soon and, and again with you. Um, just to answer your question, I think that one of the best examples, and I think we talked about this in the podcast uh, that we recorded last time, is that it's like the two-minute rule. I try to make a habit easy the first two minutes of starting it. So what do I do? Whenever I'm working, since right now we're in quarantine, so I'm working from home, uh, I try to Every time I think about doing exercise, I just, if I'm not in a meeting or I'm not doing something that's very urgent or important right now, I stop what I'm doing. I get up and start doing exercise. It's like anything, a squat um, or, or any, a jumping jack, anything easy to start. And it just make, makes it easy to get going afterwards. But I think that it's not fair just to talk about one key takeaway from the book since the book is full of golden nuggets. So I know that we could spend like hours talking about it. I think that every page has something to talk about and it was awesome. It's my favorite book from 2019. 
You talked about the two-minute rule, um, and that falls under the making a habit easy because anyone can do something for two minutes. Um, he also talks about automating your habits, so investing in technology and um, you know things that can help you automate your habits. Sometimes automating your habits have nothing to do with technology, right? It's just doing something in autopilot, but technology plays a big part, especially in, in today's world where we're so connected and there are so many apps out there that help us stay accountable and help us track our habits and help us remind ourselves like to drink our water, to move, to breathe. Um, you mentioned the, your Apple watch, but do you have any apps that you use to help you in building your habits and staying accountable and staying on track? Yes, I actually have one and well, I have an iPhone. So I use one that's called Fabulous and it's great because this app just uh, has like a journey and it and every week it, it gives you like a bit more. You have to do like a bit more. You have a new challenge. You have something new to do. So it keeps you like excited about that. And I think it's a great app. Um, I recommend it a lot. And I, I don't think that I have another app. I think that just with Fabulous and my Apple Watch, those are my two, um, my two bodies that I can tell you from a tech, technical part. Yeah. And I think that is great because I think we also, because there's so many apps out there, right? Sometimes you can get overwhelmed. And I find myself sometimes that I keep downloading app after app. And at one point, you can't keep up with all of them. You need to narrow it down to the ones that really work for you. And that should be based on what your priorities are, right? If, if you are in a part of your life where... Um, health and fitness is a priority. There's tons of apps that can support you with that. Um, and I think it's easy to get overwhelmed and you really need to know what your goals are, what habits you're currently working on to pick the app that is going to work best for you. Well, Alejandro, once again, thank you very much for joining in today's episode. I'm super excited that we'll be able to have you for the second time and I can't wait for the next one. Thank you very much, and, and I'll be waiting for the next one, too. Yeah, welcome to today's episode. Uh, I'm so excited for you to be here. And I want to ask you the same question that I ask everybody else. I know that you have read the book, and based on our talks, I know you also really like the book like everybody else. And my question to you is, what was your key takeaway when you read the book And maybe give us an example on how you applied what you learned from Atomic Habits. Carolina, uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, as you know, I absolutely love the book. There's so many takeaways in it. It's hard to tell you one, but there's two things that I want to share with you that um, I absolutely took away from the book and that I've implemented They are um, implementation intention and habit stacking. So let's talk about like implementation intention. What it says is that it's not just 
uh, okay to have an intention, but you have to uh, have more of specifics around how you're going to implement that intention, right? Uh, it's not just okay to say, you know, I want to just work out every day, but be specific about, okay, what time do you wa want to work out and where do you want to work out uh, and be very specific. That is one um one takeaway for me. And the second one was habit stacking, that I combined those two strategies in, in my own personal example. Um, so with habit stacking, the key is to tie your desired behavior with an existing behavior. So for example, as soon as I wake up in the morning, um, I brush my teeth and, um, and then I would do a workout. So that is kind of, uh, how the habit stacking works. So one of those um, examples I would like to share is, uh, you know, a few years ago, I re was really into personal growth and development. That is something I truly believe in and I'm passionate about. I started thinking about different ways on how I can incorporate that. I decided, you know, one of the ways could be to do listen to podcasts and read books. Um, I started putting things on calendar, but it still didn't really work. You know, I was not very consistent with the habit. Um, then I thought, you know, especially with podcasts, uh, it is perfect to listen to them while I'm driving. Um, and I have a 20 minute drive to work. So in total, I can listen to podcasts for about 40 minutes in a day. So my cue is as soon as I get into the car, I car and then start listening to podcasts. So that's really uh, exactly what James Clear was talking about in his book about uh, habit stacking. Um, and the implementation and intention is really around uh, making sure you, I have a plan on when I want to do that uh, when I'm driving. So those are really simple techniques, but have such a big impact. Really biggest impact for me is not only that I'm learning from the books and the podcast. Once I know what I want to achieve, I have a tactic on how to achieve it. Great. Thank you very much, um, Sandhya, for sharing your examples, your key takeaways. Definitely, I share with you those two. Those have been two that have had a great impact for me as well. And they, when you read it, it sounds so simple. It sounds like just common sense, and it really is common sense. I think the, the thing that James Clear does really, really well in his book is how he organizes that common sense in a way that it can become a common practice. Because a lot of the things and a lot of the times we know exactly what we need to do, but it's so hard to get started and develop that habit. And I think all these tactics really help you from moving from common sense to making those things common practice. So again, thank you very much, um, Sandia, for joining us today. Super excited that you were able to join. And I'm looking forward to maybe have you again on another episode. Thanks, Carolina. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening and joining us today in this first book club episode. I am really happy with how this turned out. Thank you very much, Jeff, Alejandro, and Sandia for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to do more of this book club episode. So 
If you would like to join me in a future episode to discuss one of your favorite books, I'm gonna ask you to email me and let me know. Also, let me know what book would you like us to talk about. You can email me to leadingyourself at icloud.com. Again, that is leadingyourself at icloud.com. And with that, if you like today's episode, once again, I'm going to ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And with that, I'm looking forward to talk to you again on another episode of the Leading Yourself Podcast.